Are you looking for a practice coach? If you are, go to ptpracticesuccess.com. At the very top of the page, there's a button. Just click on that to find out more. All right, so we got this thing going here. Deliver a little bit of a chit-chat on some successful actions. Bring about your MD referrals. I've been delivering a course for so many years. It used to be called referral source management, which is basically how you get your doctors who already know, like, and trust you to begin to refer more friends and family to you, your practice or whatever, right? And one thing I noticed is that when I sold the referral source management course, I used to say a bunch of people show up, right? The real name of the course is how to talk to doctors. And it's actually how to build relationship with physicians, right? So what I want to do is it's kind of like slam at you. Several things that, that I would recommend that you do in your practice to actually build out what you want to build out with your team and, and get something to to really establish your practice. Now, you build things on three pillars. You Anything you build, three, whether you have a Kool-Aid stand, whether you have any kind of organization, there's three pillars. There's the um, marketing, there's the delivery, and you know there's the administration side of it, right? So you, you have a um, popsicle stand, waving the sign, that's the director of marketing, making the, the Kool-Aid is the operations manager, and the one to get some money is the admin manager or director of admin or finance manager, those types of things, okay? So if your practice does not have someone on the team working full-time to drive masses of asses into your practice, you are missing out. For 25 years, we'd deliver a workshop on marketing and people would fly in the U.S. and Canada. And we would see like, you know, a cross section of practices. The biggest practice in the room, one thing that stood out, they had somebody who eats and sleeps and breeds new patients. And the smallest guys do not. They think we have to get big enough to get those people. But if you get those people, you get big enough. So we always think of hiring a therapist and hiring some admin people and hiring a couple of techs and maybe hiring a biller and then and maybe another assistant and then maybe another tech. And then all of a sudden it's like, where are the patients? So we end up with what we call a roller coaster practice, right? We we're, we're volume is down. We got to go knock on doors and drive business in and bring the numbers back up. And then we deliver that care and then we discharge our patients because we do physical therapy, not chiropractic. And we begin to drop those numbers back down and then we have to go out and make the donuts and drive more people back in. So number one, you should have a staff member who works full time driving business to your door. Now, the motto that I have with um, our company is little changes lead to massive success. It's not the big sweeping changes. It's the small changes that you keep in day after day, week after week, that allows you to become a multi-million dollar practice. It's not like, let's try something out for three weeks and see what happens, right? You like get in, roll up your sleeves and do it, okay? So here's the thing. One, you have to have a salesperson. If you have a salesperson, um, you know, they don't, they don't even have to be a super rock star, but you have to have somebody who doesn't have a something else to do. Like sometimes people have the external, it's really sales, but it's it's just not colorful to call it sales. Physician liaison, we can use that title. That sounds sexier, right? The, the, the outward face goes out into the community and out into physician offices and builds those relationships, right? We need that person on your roster. So if you go hire yourself a Pfizer rep, who knows how much money you're going to pay for that? You don't need anything of that caliber. 
you need somebody who has an outgoing personality, does get along well with others, and has a, a very good skill at listening, okay? Uh, not talking. Oh, I shouldn't talk to anybody. Well, well, listen, because that's where Sugar's going to get her sales cues is through listening. So what I like to do is I like to take a tech and flip a tech into a marketing rep. Down to a practice in Texas last week, and there's this lovely girl who I think would be a phenomenal uh, marketing rep um, to, to go out and build relationships in the community. Why do I like to hire techs and flip them into those roles, right? Is one, they understand your company. They believe in your brand, hopefully, right? Um, they know the team versus hiring somebody off the street and go, good, you're going to represent a company you've never spent a day inside. Um, you're going to represent it externally with physicians in the area. I think one, you pay too much money for that. And two, you can take somebody who is a, a very good tech person who's dynamic. Every patient loves them, easy to communicate with, very good listener and hardworking. And you can take that individual and you can train that person to be good at going out and making, building relationships. And, you know, you have to kiss a few frogs to find a prince. So you ha can't be afraid to actually um, you know, get a cold shoulder once in a while. You got to be a little bit thick skin. But when you have a person like that's working on your team and they can do two different things, meaning they maybe create promotion, right? And then they also go out and market to physicians. Of the two, it's easier to write an email than it is to go knock on a manager's door. So when you have somebody who kind of has two hats that they're wearing, they will find the one where they get to stay inside and create something, get into Canva and make some kind of design. They'll make that the all-day sucker, and they will not beat the streets. So I'm I'm a fan of having somebody, if your business is large enough, having somebody who's just external, building those relationships with the physician's offices, really focusing on those things, and possibly somebody else who's in doing the uh, workflows and campaigns and writing emails and, you know, put, putting up ads and, you know, make sure everything's connected and all your forms work and all that kind of fun stuff, Right. And if you're not even doing that, then that's another conversation for another day that we could look at. But the 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 bigger thing is that we have somebody who actually doesn't care what the practice is doing, whether our stats are up, our stats are down or sideways. It doesn't matter. They are driving business in. They drive in more business than we could even possibly waste. OK, I've seen too many practices sit flat and not grow because whenever they get kind of full, they just throttle back on anything that they call marketing. And then they stretch out their care, which I call pancaking care, stretching it out for a period of time. So now let's say we have this person. We brought this person into the team. They're hardworking. They're organized. They're good at getting things done. They, they, they are good listeners and they have no fear in talking to a stranger, right? And we take somebody like that. Now we want to apply some gradients. Our motto, again, is little changes lead to massive success. So we want to apply little gradients. So if there was somebody on your team that was going to take on this role, here's my recommendation. Now, this recommendation I'm going to give you came out of uh, out of some kind of necessity. Right? I went to visit a client many, many years ago, and this client you may know, um, and I won't say his name because it could be embarrassing, but he's kind of a big name in the continuing ed world. And I went to his office, and, when, and he'd been a client for a while. And so when I... Um, went to his office to, to do some delivery, I sat across the table from his newly hired, seven-week hired um, marketing director, right? So he was a sales guy, really. And so 
we were in a busy restaurant. So there was the three execs and the owner and it was kind of noisy. So I happened to be sitting across from this gentleman. Seemed like a fairly nice guy, but everything is coming out of his mouth. I was like, oh, that, that would never work, right? He had all these ideas and I just acknowledged him. Like, I don't know you, so I'm just going to be a good listener and so see what I can figure out. So when it was um, the next day, I'm in the office and I'm talking to Tom. I said, you know, I have to talk to you about something. Yeah, this new guy, how long has he been with you? He goes, oh, seven weeks. I go, good. Has he gone out the door yet? No, he hasn't. Why hasn't he? And he goes, well, he's been working on a spreadsheet and it's a really cool spreadsheet. I think I could probably sell it to your company. But what happens is you take all the doctors and it sorts by the zip plus four address and somehow puts it on a map. So when he does go out, he'll be very efficient when he goes to one place or another place or whatever, right? And I said, oh, wow, that's fascinating. Here's what I want you to do. Let's try this. He goes, what's that? Real good. Here's what I would do, Tom. I would go into his office and say, I want you to go visit five offices Tell him to introduce himself, give his business card to those five offices, um, get their names, get five business cards and come on back. And he goes, well, you know, he is working on a spreadsheet. I go, yeah, but he's been with you seven weeks, right? Yeah. Go ask him. So Tom goes and asks him. He comes back and he goes, um, you know, he's a little bit annoyed with me. And he goes, oh, you know, he's, he wants to get this thing done. You know, and I kind of understand he's been working on it a long time. And I said, okay, well, here's what I'd like you to do instead. I want you to go into his office and tell him that you want him to pick up, visit five offices, introduce himself to five offices, get five of his business cards out, get five business cards back, get the name of the receptionist and come on back. He goes, that's what you told me before. I said, yeah, just go do it again. So he goes back again. He does this whole thing, comes back, Tom's a little bit more annoyed with me. He goes, hey, I don't know if uh, this is a good idea. The guy's kind of getting annoyed. I'm kind of annoyed too. I feel like pushing on him a little bit too much. I got totally understand. This is what I think you should do instead. And I gave him the exact same thing. And he, he, he begrudgingly went back again. And we did this four times. And then Tom comes back and he goes, he's getting mad. He's getting really mad. And I go, just please, Tom, more time. And he goes, why? I go, because he's going to quit. Just one more. So he goes back one more time. Guy blows his lid and he goes, I'm out of here. And he quits. Tom comes back. He's kind of mad at me. And he says, I just lost my, my sales manager or marketing manager, right? I said, you lost a spreadsheet developer. That's what you lost, right? So you have to have someone who won't make their job complicated. It's freaking easy. You go in, you introduce yourself, you, you, you get their business card, you thank them for their referrals, you find out what their name is, you small talk under a minute, and you get out right? It's actually really simple. It's not really complicated, but we do want to track the activity. So what I recommend, if you got somebody who's new, just taking this on, then you drill it in the office and it's basically, hello, my name is Sean. I'm the director of marketing for ABC Physical Therapy. What's your name? Um, Mar Hi, Marilyn. It's fantastic to meet you. Um, I want you to know we really appreciate the referrals we're getting from Dr. Smith. And if there's anything that you need from me, please don't hesitate to give me a call. Again, here's my card. Um, have a great day. And then you step back, you turn around and you walk out the door and you do that 50 times. Okay. In a week, go to 50 different offices. You do exactly the same thing 50 times. It shakes the sillies out. You don't have to think a whole lot, right? You don't have to get all crafty, you know, um, you know, you're you're not trying to do anything more than to build your ally at the front desk. Now, if you build build a very strong ally at the front desk, they will be the gatekeeper, and that gate will begin to melt away, and you'll be able to move past 
that person if needy. You have to look at your statistics and you have to be able to assess, are the offices that I'm visiting getting me business? So in other words, if I'm walking into, if I got a, if I'm tracking referrals by, by clinic, right, that's coming in the door and I start going out and talking to the front desk people, at first, so what you want to do is, is say you do 50 uh, visits, right? You'd probably want to go to an office about every two weeks, right? So you'd have no more than about 100 offices that you're going to go visit if you're doing 50 a week. And and I would really start, I would really look at 50 a week, right? If you have somebody full-time doing it, 50 a week, standing on your head. There's a guy named Chuck in uh, Phoenix who does 100 a week, right? And uh, he, he's a beast, right? So Chuck, if you're out there, love you, man. So the... But at least 50 is standing on your head. Simple. 10 offices, not 10 doctors in one office, but 10 offices, 50 stops a week, bare minimum, right? Now, if you're going into 50 offices a week and you're, all you're doing is warming up the receptionist and being not pushy, not trying to make her unimportant, making her very, very important, you, there will be a point where if you did it right, you walk in the door, they begin to recognize you. They begin to know who you are. They're like, hey, Sean. Hey, how's it going, man? Hey, it's going good, Marilyn. How are you doing? Oh, it's doing great. You know, hey, look, I'm just popping in. Want to see if you got any business for me? You know, oh, gosh, you know, um, whatever, right? So let's say you go in and you built an ally and you're the marketing person. You've gone in and you built an ally at the front desk. Meaning when you walk in the door, they know who you are. They like you. They're friendly to you. They're not sliding the window closed on you. Okay. They know where you work, right? You've been in a few times and you're seeing no change in referrals from that office, then it would be fairly clear to me that that receptionist does not influence referrals. But in many cases, they do, because sometimes they're given a piece of paper from the doctor or, or his nurse or whoever, and they walk out to the front when they go to reschedule their appointment and say, is there a place you recommend? And then they say, yeah, your place, right? And so, but you say you've gone in long enough that you've got a good ally at the front desk but she's not influencing referrals. So you have to climb the ladder. So you don't try to climb the ladder until you actually know whether that front desk person is actually making it happen, right? If she's not, and she's your friend, she's gonna open the gate and let you meet the next higher person in the organization, right? So let's say, how do I meet the doctor? How do I meet the next important person? Let's say you wanted to meet the doctor. You built an ally. I've gone into Marilyn's office at the front desk many, many times. We were, we're like buds, right? So I've gone in enough times that we know, like, and trust each other. So I might say, best way I have ever found to meet a doctor that you don't know is ask the receptionist, what does Dr. Smith look like? Because if you built an ally, they go, you've never met him at all. I must have been in here half a dozen times. I've never seen him. If you walk right by me, wouldn't know who he is. Then if you're lucky, they may say, would you like to meet him? If they don't say it, you could say, is it possible I can meet him? I only want to take one minute of his time. Now, this one minute of his time for everybody in the world means a short amount of time. But for you, it's going to mean one, one minute, not even one minute and one second. You want to be known that you keep an agreement and you made an agreement to talk to, um, to talk to the doctor for one minute. You do not talk longer than a minute. So just like when you went to um, visited the front desk for the first time, you introduced yourself and you just want to take a moment to introduce myself. It's almost the same drill when you go visit a doctor. So you walk into the, see the doctor and you say to the physician, um, I want to, um, 
I'd like um, you get an opportunity to meet the doctor, right? He'd say, I only want to take a minute of his time. Turn this off here. I only want to take a minute of his time. And so he says, um, well, um, you walk, you, excuse me. She goes, okay. So you go back and it's a very similar drill, but what you do is you put out your hand and you say, hello, you know, hello, Dr. Smith. My name is Sean. Um, I'm charged of uh, PR marketing for ABC physical therapy. Here's my card, right? You hand the card and you say, look, I only want to take a minute of your time. Look, I very much appreciate the referrals that you've been sending to our company. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. If there's anything that you need from us at all, you have my card. And please don't hesitate to give me a call. Doctor, you have a great day. And you lean in. Doctor, you have a great day. And then you step back. And you turn on your heels and you walk away. You don't go, right, you know, if you need anything, don't hesitate to call and then look at him. Right? No, you boogie out because every doctor has a force field up. Every time you go visit a physician, he or she has their hands like this. They are ready to um, push back on your communication. They're not wanting to get in too deep because they're super busy. They don't have time for the conversation anyway. So what you want to do is you want to leave before he's done talking to you. You want to evaporate before he's done talking to you. So when you step back and you go to turn and walk away, he's kind of like, he's got this force field out and he's pushing like, and it's, you know, it's not literally, but it's like, wow, he's not used to that. He's used to having to like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, leave me some brochures or leave me some information, got a business card, get that out of my office. Right. And they're doing that the entire time. Well, what we're talking about is something entirely different. So when you learn that step back, and I mean, it really is something to drill. And of course, how to talk to doctors, it is drilled. We drill it, we drill it, we drill it, we drill it, we drill it to where it's like such an easy thing to do. But you get a chance to meet the doctor and say, hello, doctor. My name is Sean. I'm charged of ABC marketing. Here's my card or ABC physical therapy. Here's my card. I only want to take a minute of your time. You, you don't like hit a stopwatch or something, but you get a glance, right? I want to take a minute of time. I want you to know we greatly appreciate your referrals um, and the support you've been given our, our practice. If there's anything that you need, doctor, please don't hesitate to give us a call and then look back at your watch and go, I got 20 seconds to spare. Doctor, you have a great day. And then you lean back and turn around and walk out just like that, right? So um, but you apply gradients. So the first gradient, you go in, you introduce yourself to the receptionist. You only want to take a minute of their time. Right. And um, thank them for the referrals. If you need anything, you make the receptionist important. You do almost the exact same drill to the receptionist as you would do an office manager, as you would do the doctor that we just talked about. Exact same drill. Each person, you're making the most important person in the room. Okay. And doing that actually Again, builds that ally at the front desk. You know, when you walk up, if you walk up and you go, who's the person I need to talk to who's in charge of referrals for physical therapy? Well, when you do that, I mean, what are you actually doing? You, you're actually um, kind of making it clear that they are not important. And that's a mistake because that's your gatekeeper. That's your best friend. And if you don't treat them like that, you don't get to go further, right? So many years ago, this whole drill was looking at the watch. Um, I had a company called uh, Chattanooga Corporation and Chattanooga was, um, you know, or is, I don't know if it still is, but people buy a lot of equipment from them, right? But I had a rep come in who warmed up my receptionist uh, over a couple of visits. And then he said, is it possible I could meet Sean? I only want to take a minute of his time. 
He did the exact drill. This is where we got it from. He did the exact drill to me. And uh, as he turned to walk away, I go, oh, Bert, can I talk to you about something? He goes, oh, yeah, sure. You know, $350,000 later, you know, um, I, I think he did a pretty good job on that withdrawal. So you reach in, make your message known, you step back, you turn, you walk away, right? Okay. So one of the things is now you're going to be going back. You can't say, what does a doctor look like every time you come back? Otherwise you've got a problem, right? And they will recognize it. So it's another thing you can do is when you go back to visit a physician, you could say, look, I just have one quick question. Um, is it possible I can say something to Dr. Smith? I'll only take two minutes of his time. Okay. Now, you go back, it's same similar thing. Hi, doctor. Look, I only want to give, give the card again. Look, I only want to take two minutes of your time, right? I just want to ask you a question and make sure I understand your response, and then I'm going to leave, okay? So now he knows what's going to happen, right? Your question could be, what do you dislike the most about referring your patients to physical therapy? Don't ask him what he likes, because he's going to look at you and goes, we love you guys. You guys are great. You guys do a good job with patients, you know? What you want to ask is, what do you dislike the most about uh, referring to physical therapy. And if you do that well, you can get um, an honest answer, such as he says, I really hate sending my patients to physical therapy and have the patient come back without a progress note. Okay, well, now you have something to work with. You can either say, have we been doing that? Um, not that I know of. Okay, well, I will definitely check in on that and make sure that that's not a problem. Of course, you can go back and do that. And you can always have another opportunity to go back to the doctor and just let them know, hey, look, we, we looked at that and we do keep track of that statistic of how many patients walk out, have appointments about progress notes or not. And, um, and blah, blah, blah. We have this thing figured out. So you always find your way back in. But the key thing is like you always say the amount of time that you need. So one quick question is, um, uh, you know, a, a good way to come back to ask the doctor. And then when you walk back out, let's say it's a two minute, you agreed to two minutes. When you walk back out and you see, uh, I don't know, Sally at the front desk or Marilyn, I think is the front desk. You say, Marilyn, hey, look, I just want to make sure you know, I was out in under two minutes. So you're not going to be known as the person that ties up the doctor's time, right? We all, you, we all have those friends that send you a text that says, do you have a minute? And that's an hour long phone call, right? We have those people that, the shorter the amount of time, the longer they really want to talk to you, right? So um, you make one singular agreement, and that is the value of the doctor's, receptionist, office manager's time, and it moves it'll very far for you, right? Now, another thing I strongly recommend when it comes to like uh, dropping off donuts or buying a lunch for somebody um, is that you don't stick around, right? Um, if you buy lunch for people, particularly for practices, don't care if the doctor attends. It's not really that important that the doctor attends. We're building relationships with physicians' offices, yes, but what is important is that we match what our words are with what our intention is, right? So if I say, um, um, I would like to buy you, call the office and talk to the office manager and say, I would like to buy you guys lunch, you've been wonderful to work with, right? What are they hearing? What they're hearing is you would like to buy lunch so you can get a front of Dr. Smith and try to, to sell and promote your practice. That's what they're hearing because that's the intention. So people always can, generally speaking, figure out your intention, even though your words could be something different. What you wanna be well known for is delivering what you promise. 
So if you want to recognize them and thank them for being our top referral source for the month, you tell them so. And they say, well, Dr. Smith doesn't have an appointment, you know, till, you know, May of 27 or something like that. Um, you say, well, it's fine if Dr. Smith isn't there. Really? Sure. We can, you know, we'll just drop off lunch for you guys. Really? So now they have an opportunity to go walk around and go, hey, these guys want to buy us lunch. Really? Well, how about Chick-fil-A, right? Good. So you have them talk it up. You call back and go, um, where'd you decide you'd like lunch? And so, well, Chick-fil-A. Okay. How many staff? Six. Great. So you buy food for six. You don't buy food for the doctor because he said he can't make it. You bring the food. They Usually the staff walk into the to, to the uh, lunch space or whatever, break room, uh, like dead man walking, head hanging down. They there's like, do not want to hear your pitch. So don't give it to them, right? So you, they sit down to have lunch. You say, hey, I really appreciate your support, guys. We love you. If there's anything you need, I will leave my card here. Have a great lunch. And you walk out, they will fall in love with you. That's so nice. He didn't stay and make us sick to our stomachs, right? Listening him whine on and on and on, right? So um, that would be the thing about lunch. And when we, when we would do it, sometimes a doctor would walk into the room and we would say, oh, doctor, we were told you couldn't make it. We didn't buy you lunch. Now that's like, what? Everybody's so big, busy kissing his butt that they don't think about the staff. That staff makes a big difference, right? Mm -hmm. So you actually... Um, then the next time you say you want to buy lunch, guess who shows up in that room? And it's a doctor. And when the doctor shows up, you do the exact same thing. You thank everybody for referring. You specifically thank the doctor for referring. You tell me how much you appreciate their time and attention and enjoy your lunch. And you turn on a dime and you walk out the door, right? That will get you more patience than you pitching your new piece of equipment or some staff member you hired or new office you're building or whatever it might be, Okay. I try to keep myself under my 30 minutes. I certainly got a lot to I could toss, possibly talk to you guys about, but I think I'm going to run it up right now, right here. Um, if there are no questions and it doesn't look like I have anything in the chat, then I am going to end off for now and I'll catch you next time. Reach out if you need me. I'm here to help you. Um, I don't bite. I bite very hard. If I do bite, right? But if you're interested in having a chat, Want to and, and shift your practice from where it is to something better, reach out to me. Okay. Take care. Bye. If you like what you heard today, consider our coaching program. Go to ptpracticesuccess.com and click on the link at the top of the page.